Hello everyone and welcome back to the third episode of the League of Evil Moms. <laughs> if you are tuning in for the first time, welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I am so glad to have you here. You are among friends. And if you are a returning listener, I'm so glad to have you back and thank you for your continued support. Welcome, welcome one, welcome all. I am your host, Nobukosi Mafu, and on this show, I aim to create a supportive community specifically for African moms raising their brown skin babies so far from the lands we call home in this Western society. We're going to talk about what it's like to raise our children outside of the motherland, far away from the families, the cultures, and the communities that informed who we are today and how we show up in the world. It's not always easy, y'all. You know about it, especially in a world that will tell misleading narratives about us and our families while working very hard to silence our voices. It's a fact. But together, we can provide each other with support and knowledge that will empower us to empower our children to move forward and upwards. This week, I will be talking about building resilience in children. We're going to talk about what resilience is and what scientists and developmental psychologists have to say about it. We'll explore why some children are able to achieve positive outcomes despite hardships while others do not. And then I'll talk about uh, some ways experts recommend to build resilience in your children. Now, this podcast is first and foremost for my African mamas. I love you. I am you. But it's also for anyone with children, anyone who loves children, anyone who knows of children, anyone who's ever seen children, or anyone that even knows how to spell the word children. In fact, the only people for whom this podcast is not is children. I'm sorry, little friends. This is also a good time. For me to mention that here at the League of Evil Moms podcast, you will sometimes hear the occasional curse word. After all, it is a league of evil moms. So you'll hear the occasional, you know, fuckity fuck. But I think you'll be okay because it's going to be warranted. So mamas, papas, aunties, grandmas, babysitters, whoever you are that's involved in raising children, get comfortable. 
Get yourself a fat glass of wine or a pint of beer or eat the air. Maybe you just need to hydrate because you have not had enough water today. And if you really need it, get some whiskey because I know those children be trying it with you sometimes. Grab whatever you need because the League of Evil Moms has assembled. Here at the League of Evil Moms, the first order of business is a little segment I like to call Give Yourself a Fucking Break. Yes, Mama, I know that you are too hard on yourself and I know because I'm too hard on myself. So, on Give Yourself a Fucking Break, we do just that. And this week, for Give Yourself a Fucking Break, I'd like to share with you a podcast that I discovered about a year ago called Being Seen. It's an award-winning podcast that does a really great job of exploring culture's role in resolving tensions in how we as black and brown communities are seen and how we see ourselves. There's such beautiful storytelling and this season on their season three it's focused on black women and exploring the spaces um, that we as black women inhabit it talks about the experiences of black women uh, the ways in which we inhabit spaces of power freedom desire and safety and it talks about how those spaces can provide agency but also how they can be weaponized against us and what i like about this podcast for me is it talks about situations and experiences that I myself have gone through and because I went through them by myself and didn't really have anyone to talk to about them I sometimes found myself doubting and invalidating my feelings you know really thinking wait did that really happen did that person really mean that did they really say that and through listening to this podcast I realized that damaging effects of gaslighting because the world in which we live in will constantly gaslight us as black and brown women and it can be so isolating to go through these situations on our own so I encourage you to look up this podcast it's called being seen and you can find it on apple Podcasts. i'm sure you can find it on spotify so check it out check it out and join a community of these amazing artists these activists and these storytellers that i am sure will teach you something and you can walk away having a sense of being seen being heard, and knowing that you are part of a larger community. Okay, now back to the show. And we're back. So this week, I'm talking about raising resilient children. I like to think of myself as a resilient person. And I also believe 
I was a resilient child. And when I think back at my childhood, my teenagehood, I realize that I had resilience modeled for me in a really powerful way by my mother. My mother is one of the most resilient people I know. Yo, yo, if my mom decides that she's going to do something, hey, you better get out of that woman's way. Because throughout my childhood, I have seen doors slammed in her face. And that woman will karate kick. She will roundhouse kick that door wide open. And she's going to take what she wants. She's going to achieve what she wants. And for me, it was really inspirational. My mother modeled resilience for me. And I'm so grateful. And now when I think about resilience in the context of children, I sort of see it as a superpower because it's this ability that allows children to rise up, to get up despite difficulty in their lives, despite stressful situations in their lives, to get up and achieve positive outcomes and become healthy, functioning members of society. You know, adversity in our lives comes in so many different forms, all painful. It can be the death of a parent. It can be the death of a caregiver. It could be the breakup of a family unit, like divorce. It can be violence in a community or in the home or at school. There are so many situations in which children find themselves in with little or no control um, of these situations that have the potential to harm them, whether physically, emotionally, psychologically. Yet, despite such hardships, it's been shown and we can see that there are some children that manage to power through these difficult situations to achieve those positive outcomes and grow to be healthy and productive adults. But then there are also some children who unfortunately do not manage to do that. And that is the difference between a child having resilience and not. And so I want to talk about, firstly, how we can visualize resilience. And one way we can visualize resilience is imagine a seesaw, you know, that, that, you know, it's a seesaw, it's got a fulcrum in the middle and one child sits on the one side and they go up and down. <laughs> That's, a, you know, a seesaw. Now, in the context of resilience, on one side of the seesaw, imagine putting, you know, these difficult situations, the adversity, you know, it stacks up on one side and it, you know, that side becomes heavier and it goes down. And then on the other side, we have these positive outcomes. They can be things like coping mechanisms, 
planning skills, behavioral management within a child, when those positive outcomes can outweigh those negative experiences, that's when we can say a child is resilient. An example of this, you know, let's think of an example of this. Imagine a child, let's say, that immigrates from a French-speaking part of Africa. And this child and their family, they move to Vancouver, let's say, an English-speaking part of Canada at a young age. And there, that child must now go to school in a new language, in a foreign country. You know, let's say this child is then bullied at school. And at home, mom and dad maybe are struggling to find stable work. Maybe the family soon finds themselves living in poverty. Meals become infrequent. There is constant threat of eviction. You know, stress is high. This, is, this would be a very difficult situation for anybody to, to, to live in. But you know, imagine this little child. So these are a few examples of significant adversity. And in this scenario, those represent the one side of the seesaw. So it's now, you know, heavy laden and it's down. Now, on the other side of the seesaw, imagine we see the same child, despite everything that's going on at home and in their lives, they're doing well in school. You know, they're persevering despite the language barriers to make friends and find ways to engage in their community. And you see this positive side of the seesaw, it becomes heavier and, it's, and it starts to outweigh the challenges faced by the child. And, and this is what resilience is. And I'm sure many of you listening right now can identify with this scenario. As immigrants, especially as African immigrants, we go through a lot. We go through so much to establish ourselves in whatever country we find we find ourselves in and i strongly believe what pulls us through pushes us through fuels us through some of that is resilience and so i think we can agree that raising resilient children should really be one of our top priorities Helping our children to get up when they fall. Helping them to be able to self-soothe. Helping them to be able to think through problems and solve them for themselves. Even when they're not successful the first time. These would be great attributes to send our children out into the big wild world with and so there are a few things that scientists now understand about resilience and how to build it and something that I was surprised to learn but I guess not so much because of my mom is that genes actually play a role in the development of resilience now it doesn't mean that you either have the gene for resilience or you don't. No, 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 no. Instead, what it means is 
your genes, your genetic predisposition will either make it a little bit easier or a little bit more difficult to develop that resilience purely as a function of how your brain's architecture is constructed. So it comes down to, you know, the chemical reactions in your brain that maybe help you to be more easily able to manage your emotions or help you to stave off things like depression, for instance. And so Scientists have identified that, yes, there is a genetic role that is played in the building of resilience in a child, but what they have identified as the most crucial aspect of developing resilience in a child is a strong relationship with an adult in their life. Ideally, it would be with a parent, whether it's a mom or a dad, or maybe a grandma or a grandpa. But what scientists are saying is, even if it's not within the nuclear family, it is important for a child who is going to build resilience to have that safe and secure and strong relationship with an adult. It could be a teacher, it could be a coach, but these responsive interactions with adults teach children valuable coping mechanisms. It could be a child's ability to, you know, let's say they're crying, upset, or they're hurt. That child's ability to be able to self-soothe and stop crying or a child's ability to solve a problem, to plan ahead, to monitor situations, to understand them, you know, to determine what kind of behavior is appropriate and maybe what is not. Those relationships, those strong relationships with adults are crucial. And I think it ties in very well with what I spoke about last week about giving children a voice. A child with a voice is going to be able to develop those relationships with an adult based on trust, based on mutual respect. From that, self-worth and self-confidence grows. And from that, resilience buds and grows and takes root in that child's life. Who wouldn't want that for their child? When things don't go according to plan, the resilient child, they're able to feel less anxious, if at all. They're able to process that sadness or disappointment or fear or frustration. It helps them understand that these uncomfortable and sucky emotions, they don't usually last forever. And so that child is able to sit through that, that disappointment, that discomfort. They're able to sit through it, work through it, and bounce back before not too long so that they can get back to the important work of being a child.
you know, this childhood, unfortunately, is so limited. If I could go back to my own childhood, I would go back and I would stop time because sometimes adulting is straight up trash. Y'all know it. <laughs> but resilient children, they're less likely to avoid problems. They're less likely to back down from challenges or deal with them in unwealthy, in unhealthy ways like, for instance, getting defensive or aggressive or even intentionally harming themselves. It's shown also that resilient children are also likely to have better physical and mental health than children that struggle to be resilient. Something else I learned also in researching this episode was that Exposing children to positive stress enables them or gives them an opportunity to develop that resilience. Now, what do I mean by positive stress? It's stress that happens in routine life events that causes short term increases in our stress levels and from which we can quickly recover. An easy example of this is teaching a child how to ride a bicycle. You know, it's scary when you first take off those training wheels. They're a little bit wobbly. They're, they're scared of the ground. You say, no, no, baby, don't look at the ground. You're gonna, that's what's going to make you fall. You know, there's a temporary spike in that child's stress levels, but it's not going to traumatize them. Or another example is a child's first day at school. You know, that can be a little bit stressful. You know, new friends, new teachers, they're going on the bus for the first time. Temporary stress that your child should usually be able to bounce back from. You know, another example is maybe getting immunized or going to the doctor's office. It's a strange environment, but it's also a safe environment. But your child might still experience that temporary spike in stress. Those situations are referred to as positive stress situations. And it's been shown that when children have healthy doses of that positive stress, it's like easy stress tests that can help them push through and get to the other side. You know, whether it's learning to ride that bicycle or getting immunized at the doctor or coming back home from that first day of school with that feeling of, I did it. I did it. I was a little bit afraid. I was a little bit unsure, but I did it. Those are the moments in which resilience buds and takes hold and starts to grow in your child. So I think by now we can all agree that resilience, you want it, you want it for your baby, you want it for everybody. Everybody should get some resilience. So how do we build resilience? It's not too difficult. Um, first off, you start by supporting your child by not trying to solve every minor problem or disappointment for them. This reminds me of this one commercial that was on TV years ago, and it's these kids in a gym playing dodgeball. 
And then there's this one mom, she's standing in front of her kid as all the balls are flying. And she's like, no, no, no. And she's like shielding her child from these dodgeballs. Listen, that is instinct. I wish I could walk through Awami with every, you know, every single day of his life, just like kicking down barriers for him. But that wouldn't be, I mean, also, I don't have the time, but it wouldn't help him. And it's not going to help your child either if you try and solve every minor problem and disappointment for them. So let them fall. You know, maybe they don't get invited to a birthday party. Maybe they don't get the toy that they want for their birthday. Instead of trying to fix it, instead you could talk to them about how they feel and maybe help them gain a different perspective, help them tell themselves a different story about the situation rather than trying to fix the problem for them. Another one that's tied to that is avoid predicting and preventing problems for your child. So this might mean You know, letting your child hand in an assignment a little bit later or with errors on it because they worked through it on their own. You know, overcoming those small challenges, it builds your child's resilience for bigger setbacks that are inevitably going to show up in life. You can also help your children identify and manage strong emotions. For example, let's say your child's grandparent is sick. You could say something like, you know, I can see you're really worried about grandpa and it's okay to be worried. But remember, we're doing everything we can to help him feel better. Or sometimes it's, you know, talking through your child's emotions. It could be anger. You know, I understand that you're feeling angry and let them describe those feelings to them. And then you can help unpack those feelings and let your child know that those feelings, they're normal, that they're entitled to those feelings, but that those feelings don't have to control your child. Something else to do to build resilience is to encourage your child to have another try when things don't work out the first time. It's important not to necessarily praise a child for doing something successfully, but rather praising them for the efforts that they put in to do that thing successfully. Because when you praise them for their efforts, even when they don't get to the right outcome or the right answer, you are saying to them that you kept trying and that's what's important. That lets your child know that it's okay to fail. And when I fail, I just keep trying. I keep trying and I keep trying and I keep trying. Knowing that 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 inability to succeed the first time, knowing that that is not the be-all, end-all. It's just a, it's one more step towards achieving what they want to achieve. Something else that's critical to building your child's resilience is teaching your child self-compassion. It's teaching your child to deal with disappointment 
or failures or mistakes by being kind to themselves. The way we talk to ourselves, even as adults, is so important. Destructive words like, oh, I'm such a dope. Oh, I'm such an idiot. Oh, that was so stupid. That doesn't help. You know, if we can turn those, some of that negative talk into positives, you know, instead of saying, oh, I'm so dumb, it could be, oh, I just figured out one way that doesn't work. That self-compassion, it helps them to move on from difficult experiences. It helps them not be afraid of failure because failure doesn't have to come with that negative self-talk and that loss of confidence. So you also want to make it a habit to recognize and acknowledge when things are going well. For instance, during family meals, you could encourage your children and even yourself, you could share one positive thing from their day. I remember having dinner with a friend and her two children years ago. And the way she approached this is she would ask her children, what was a rose in your day? And a rose signified something positive that happened in that day. You know, it could be getting a gold star or being able to do the monkey bars for the first time. And then she would also ask her children what was a thorn in that day. And I love that contrast because a rose is beautiful, but it's also got prickly spikes. And so she had found this really beautiful way of communicating with her children and giving her an opportunity to recognize and helping her children recognize when things were going well for them. Because then it reminds your children that, hey, yeah, bad things happen, but actually good things happen too. And that's what we want our children to focus on. Something else you can do to help build resilience in your child is to help them develop problem-solving skills in an age-appropriate way. When children are presented with challenges for which they have most of the skills to achieve, it gives them a little bit of that oomph. You know, it's a little bit challenging, but it's also attainable. You know, so that even if they fall short, you know, they fall short by so little. And it gives that child the belief that, okay, this is a little bit tough, but I think I can do it. You know, if your child says school was tough or maybe somebody said something unkind to your child, you can help them problem solve by brainstorming how your child might respond sometimes. And sometimes really it's just about giving your children the vocabulary, having them have a little bit of a script so that let's say the next time somebody at school is mean, that child has the vocabulary or the script to say, hey, I don't like it when you say that. That hurts my feelings. That's important. That's important to building resilience. And then the last tip here that I'm that I found on raisingchildren.net.au, it's an Australian parenting website, is find a positive role model who has experienced similar challenges to your child. For instance, you know, for me, a conversation with Awami, let's say if he didn't get into a sports team, he's very much into sports. And when I was his age, 
I was very much into sports. I was very athletic. You know, if a woman didn't make it on a team, I could tell him about a time I didn't make it on a team. You know, having that shared experience with an older friend or an adult, it helps them see that even though right now this disappointment feels all-consuming, well, look at this person. They overcame it. And so I'll be over, I'll be able to overcome it. And so through all of these things, all these strategies and tools that we can engage with as parents, it helps our children build that resilience. But we also have to remember that resilience is built over time. It's not a weekend seminar. It's not a one, two, three and done. So we have to remember to be patient and supportive while your child works out how to respond to these challenges. Your response to their efforts will either encourage them or tear them down. So it's up to you. What do you want to do? Do you want to build your child up and equip them with resilience? Or do you want to do the opposite? I don't think anybody wants to do the opposite. so there we have it. We now know a lot more about raising resilient children. Thank you so much for sticking with me till the end of this episode. I don't think I've ever said the word resilient so many times in my life ever, but I think it's worth it. Resilient resilience is great. It's important. I want more of it. I want more of it for you. I want more of it for your children. So I encourage you to visit the show notes. I'm going to be posting all of the resources that I used to put this episode together. I encourage you to check them out, branch out from there and share this episode with a friend or two. And let's share this great information because why wouldn't we want resilience for our friends and for their children? So once again, thank you for tuning in. My name is Nobukasi Mafu. This has been the League of Evil Moms. And for this week, we are out.